you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and grab them. Grab your Bible, your booklet, right? Your Philippians booklet, perhaps your phone, your iPad. Turn to Philippians chapter one. You say, well, we're in Philippians chapter four. We are. Uh, we are in the last three verses and uh, we'll get to those. But what I wanna do over the next few moments, as Lindsay said, is I wanna give us kind of a, a big picture flyover. I'm gonna take Rob and Carl and I, we thought through and said, let's pick, let's identify four big ideas chapter one, two, three, four, four big ideas that, that in a sense hold the message of Philippians. Uh, let's, let's revisit those. Uh, what I'm gonna do in revisiting those is I'm gonna, I'm gonna invite you, having been reminded of that, to then reflect on and, and write down uh, how God is changing you, how God has changed you. We haven't studied Philippians so that we could pass a test. We study God's word that it would transform us and, and it does. And we don't wanna leave a book without pausing as a family and go, let's stop for a moment. Let's talk to one another about how God is shaping our hearts. So if you'll look in the front of your, the chair in front of you, the backside of that chair, or in the, if you're on a row with no one in front of you, it's on the, on, the, on the chair, you've got a little card. And as I move through these four big ideas, I'll pause and I'll say, okay, I want you to fill this in. If you're online, you'll see it on the screen. Jesus, you have been blank in my messy middle. Then I'll go to the next main message of a particular chapter. And the second one would be, Jesus, your humility has shown me blank. It is really important for us to, 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 to practice this exercise of speaking to one another about how God is shaping us. I'll talk about why it's important at the very end here, but then I'll turn it over and you'll get the mics. You'll have an opportunity to share. So that's what that card is for. I hope you would hold on to the card. I was telling Joe, I said, this is something I'd wanna have. I wanna stick it in my Bible, have an office, because I mean, I like, I like our Philippians reminder of that, but then a reminder of the work that God has done and is doing, it is in process of doing in me. So Philippians, let's start. Philippians chapter one. I want you to go to Philippians chapter one. Um, and, and I'm just gonna grab verse six. Okay, Philippians 1, 6, the word of God to us today. Paul writes, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. You know, one of the most interesting words in that passage is the word completion. I mean, it's a word that we just like, oh, don't, you, don't you love it when you finish something? when you start it and you're done and it's complete. So it's a wonderful word and it's an elusive word. <laughs> I, I want you to, I really want you to do this. I want you to raise your hand if there's something in your life unfinished, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, y'all, there's, it, it's a no brainer, um, but I'm talking about in every part of your life, there's, there are things that are unfinished. Rob, if you'll remember when he taught the message, he talked about he and Jody's home improvement project where they've got painted walls, but no painted trim. They've got this and that. And he just said, it was a, it's just been a mess, this construction project. They started it, they're not done. And do you remember the word that he used? Or actually it's two words. Do you remember the word he said? Yes, y'all, we've so stuck, that's so stuck with us in the most appropriate way. He said, Lloyd, it's the messy middle. That describes our life. And then he said, it does describe our 
lives, not just his and Jody's. The messy middle is that space between, <laughs> between beginning and end. And in the middle, because it's chaotic, we often lose sight of the goal. And do you know what happens when you lose sight of a goal? You become discouraged. Your hope wanes and joy evaporates. That's all in the messy, messiness of the middle. The Philippian church is in a messy middle. So, so, you know, this church is about 10 years old when they get this letter. When I reflect back on where we were at 10 years, I have traumatic stress disorder. You know, I'm being only half facetious. I'm just going, it was a mess, quite frankly. Well, they're 10 years in. I'm gonna tell you something. The honeymoon is over at Philippi. There are some who are following false teachers. Paul's warning them against this. Uh, There are some who've just gotten so discouraged because things aren't going the way they hoped they would in many ways. They're being persecuted. I mean, they're suffering in ways we we wouldn't. And, and, And you're not gonna believe this. It was only 10 years old. And there are people that don't get along. Shocker, right? What? Wait, we're the church. 10 years in, people don't get along. So much so he names names. And I feel bad for Yodi and Sindiki because when we think of them, we go, yeah, y'all didn't get along. Now we know 2,000 years. You weren't, you know what I'm saying? Nothing new under the sun. It's the messy middle. Well, it's not just a, it's corporate, it's plural. Yes, but there is, there's every reason and right and appropriateness that we can take the, the, the principles around this verse and apply it individually, not just to church messy middle, but as we said earlier, our messy middle. One of, the, one of the greatest mistakes that you and I can make regarding the life of faith is to believe that once we've put our faith in Christ, we've put our trust in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, we've been indwelt by the Spirit, we are born again, we have a right standing with God, is to go, now that that's true, it's easy sailing. No, there's there's always the messy middle for those of us in faith. And we get in the middle of it and we lose sight of the goal and we forget. And this verse comes down like a glorious bell ringing to remind us. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. Jesus, the messy middle is not the end of the story. Gosh, there's just hope in that. That Christ will bring us to the end. Let me tell you two things about the messy middle. Number one, you'll never be alone. Christ with you, of course, but may I say this? Other Christians with you. See, this is one of the great tools of the enemies to think you're in the messy middle and no one's there. It's why at the end of this service, when some of you share, you're gonna, you're gonna some of you will go, well, I'm not alone. No, you're not. But you can think you are in this room. No, we're all in the messy middle, but you'll never be alone because Christ is with you. And lastly, and secondly, perhaps most importantly, what God begins, he finishes. Wherever you're at struggling, he will bring you to the end. You'll get there. 
This is the grace of God and this is the joy of Christ in us. So with that, look at your card. Everybody take their card. Those of you online, it's, it's up there and you're gonna be able to fill something out and email me. You can email me at the end. Jesus, you have been blank in my messy middle. I, I'm gonna let the spirit lead you. How, how would you fill the blank in? Maybe it's a word, maybe it's a statement. But the most, one of the most important things we can do this morning is stop. Lloyd, close your mouth and let the Spirit speak individually to you to answer the question. Jesus, you have been blank in my messy middle. Take a moment and do that. I want you to go back to the scripture and we're gonna go to chapter two and we are gonna pick up verses five through 11. A reminder, this is the theological center. The the, the whole book goes, it just, it all goes towards this deep theological center in verses five through 11. I'm gonna read it a portion at a time. Let's start with five through eight. Paul writes, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant and being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. We called this the kenosis passage. Do y'all remember this? Kenosis is a Greek word. And, you know, we, we don't, we try not to just say Greek words to say them. I mean, I, I got to read it myself. I got to figure out how to pronounce it. You know, all those things. But, but certain times we want to be, they're significant. This word, this kenosis is the noun form of the, of, of the verb emptied. Um, it's translated, you know, into emptied in English. And it is fundamental to our understanding of the deity, the godness of Christ. Fully God, fully man. What does it mean though that he emptied himself in this way? And Rob said this, it's this, though he was fully God, he did not use that to his advantage. It's not that he, he, he became not God, now he's just a man with the title God. No, no, fully God, fully man. But he did not use that to his advantage. Rather, it's rather the opposite. He emptied himself of that and he became a servant, a submissive, obedient servant to the point of death. You remember we gave you the kenosis stickers? Y'all remember that? We just, why do we do these things? Well, just to prompt us to be mindful of what we're learning from the scripture. So we said, stick this sticker somewhere that would just remind you that life's not about you and that it's not about you moving toward your advantage, but actually putting your advantage down for the good of another. <laughs> this, is, this is supernatural. You can't do it apart from the spirit. Um, I meant to show you this when we were there and I, I think I flew by it, but here's where I put mine. That's the door to my car. Um, it, it's also, it reduces road rage significantly that you're reminded when you get in the car, 
He emptied himself. I'm being serious. There's a, you know, where, I don't know where yours is. Stick into the bathroom wherever you put it, but perhaps that brings to your mind, oh yeah, that, that reminds me, Christ emptied himself. There's a second part to the kenosis passage. And I want you to pick that up in verse, uh, pick it up in nine, nine and 10. Therefore, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. Rob taught the first part, I taught this second part and it was the second part, do you remember this, that I brought a ladder into the room. It was a bigger ladder than this, but they had this big ladder because I wanted to remind us the kenosis passage Yes, the kenosis passage is, is a stepping down, but the full picture of the kenosis passage is, remember, he, Christ has been fully God from, for all eternity. And he, he did step down, right? In humility, emptying himself. But what does the second part of the kenosis passage say? And after emptying himself, God exalted, God, you gotta go up the ladder for eternity. God exalted him. There is, the, there is humility and there is exaltation. And don't get them backwards, right? We know that. It's humility, exaltation. And because God so highly exalted Christ that when Christ returns, and that's what he's talking about. Remember in verse, chapter one, verse six, it said the day of Christ. He, he's talking about the day of Christ right here, that when Christ returns, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess Jesus Christ is Lord. This is amazing. This is tremendously good news in, in, in this sense. If you have put your faith in Christ, if, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again, and you trust that what he did, he did for you. So you're, 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 you're his child clothed in his righteousness. And on that day, and it, it will come, that day when Christ returns or you die and, face, and, and are facing him, on that day, you will, you will bow your knee and you will lift your voice to proclaim him as exalted. And for those who have trusted Christ, really it's doing what we've just done and what we do with our lives, right? Or an act of worship to him. And when we do that, we are then spending eternity in his presence. There's bad news because the, the, the promise is this as well. Every human being who has ever lived and who will ever live until Christ comes again, on that day, will bow the knee and will profess, you are Lord. I mean, they, they will because it's true, but it's too late. And though they bow the knee and profess him as Lord, they will then spend an eternity apart from him for in time and life, they didn't put their trust in Christ. Paul's telling us, number one, put your trust in Christ now because that future day is as sure as the sun coming up tomorrow. God loves you and wants to spend eternity, you to spend eternity with him. He's also saying in this section that the, can I go back to this, the messy middle? That the way through the messy middle, and look, may I say this? 
The Christian life is a messy middle. That's a fact. The way through the messy middle is down, not up. It's down, not up. It's to be marked by humility. I mean, I know that always we're to be marked by love, okay, as Christians. And my, that would be, a, that would be appropriate and refreshing in our day, would it not? It's our greatest witness, John said. You love one another. Let's pick another word because it's inseparable from love. What if people knew us as humble people? What if our character was marked not by, man, he's, he's powerful, he's successful, she's, she is so sharp, she is so strong. No, no, what if we were marked by this? That, the humility of that person. That's the power of the Spirit in us. And that's the Spirit of Christ in us. To step down. God himself will exalt. So with that, take your card. How would you fill this in? Jesus, your humility has shown me what? What would you put there? I can't answer that for you, but the Holy Spirit can and is. I trust he is in these moments. So answer the question. Jesus, or that's not even a question, but fill the statement. Jesus, your humility has shown me blank. All right, let's move on. Chapter three. I'm gonna go to chapter three and I want you to go to chapter three, verse eight. Chapter three, verse eight. Before I read the passage, let's remember the context. Paul in, in, in this context is, is speaking of all that he put his confidence in for a right standing with God. And it is amazing stuff. I mean, his resume is amazing. We already read this, we studied this. Um, and y'all, it's good stuff. I mean, he avoided the bad stuff. He only did the good stuff. Hey, that, that's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's good. And yet Paul says, to the degree that I depend on that for a right standing with the holy God, it's, ugh, that's, 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 that's no good. And he's, he's describing what we've often said here. And you, you know, this is not original, but, but, but we talk about the gospel. The, the gospel equation is Jesus plus nothing equals everything, okay? Jesus plus nothing equals everything. But if you take Jesus and add anything, it's, about, it's in terms of our righteousness for him, you got nothing. Jesus plus my work, my avoidance of this, my do, please, Jesus plus whatever I do, whatever I trust in, that's nothing. No, 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 it's Jesus alone, Jesus above all. And notice what he says about it. This is verse eight. Indeed, I count everything as loss 
because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. That word rubbish is the Greek word skubala. It's, it's rubbish, it's trash, and y'all, it's often translated doo-doo. It's poop. You remember that? And you remember I, I, I brought a bag in that day because this is what we do around here. We pick up the stuff. And uh, do you remember, remember the bag I brought in? And I t- some, it's so funny because some of you emailed me after and said, hey, hey, my group wants to know, was that real? And I'm telling you, yeah, it was real. It's like my dog Pearl's poop. I had to get a bunch of it because she's so small. And, and please rest assured, this is real, okay? This is yesterday's. Got frozen overnight, it's thawing. Now, why does Paul do that? You know why Paul used that word? And you know why I do that? Not just to make you laugh, but because when I hold that bag, I feel like that poop gets all over me. It's just like it's poop is poop. Paul says, if you trust anything other than Christ, may it be like doo-doo. You know, you just, may you just go, ugh. And oh God, I wish I did, but I don't. Listen, I grab that stuff all the time where I'm trusting Christ, but then I'm grabbing onto this too. And I got it. No, Christ alone. What Paul's trying to reminding us of, it's, it's not what we do. I don't care how amazing it is. It's not what we do that grants us a right standing before our holy God. It's what Christ has done, period. Oh, I'm glad you did that. And I've got a little doo-doo over here I wanna bring. That's the idea to not, you know, not to be overly silly, but that's the, that's the, that's the, ugh. Christ alone. With that, take your card and I want you to say, Jesus, I count my blank as lost for the sake of knowing you. Jesus, I count my blank as lost for the sake of knowing you. What would you put in there? Finally, let's go to chapter four. Chapter four, I'm gonna pick up verses five through nine. Actually, six through nine, six through 11 is the whole, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it a portion at a time. Um, we had Robbie Painter, who's a Williamson County Young Life Director, uh, come to our staff meeting a few weeks ago. And, and many of you know Robbie. Robbie uh, came to faith, was led to faith by a guy named Jason Swain, who used to be on our staff. He was the Young Life Director. And Robbie was just sharing with our staff because we, 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 we partner with Young Life, you know, with, with Robbie and they meet in our building, which is a beautiful picture of, you know, we, we have facilities to facilitate a mission. And, and this was just a great picture of that because on Thursday nights for the last 10 years, you know, a lot of students get up in that loft over there with Young Life and Robbie was just sharing what happens up there over time. And we were a 
basket case. We were in tears hearing you know, the stories and whatnot. We prayed for him after. And at the end, I just said, Robbie, just before I pray for you, he, 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 didn't, he wasn't prepared for this or anything. And I just said, you described you coming to faith in ninth grade. Robbie, what's different about ninth graders today who step into that room than when you were in ninth grade? And he didn't blink. And he said, Lloyd, when I was in ninth grade, I mean, I I was a kid. We did crazy stuff. But something I see in the kids today, and I didn't see it in myself or in my friends, you won't find a ninth grader today who is not anxious. That's the word he used. Anxious. And my heart's just broke. You think about it, man, the weight carry, the social media stuff, et cetera. Well, I, I was like, okay. I wrote it down because I wanted you to know. And I would extrapolate it out and say, there's not a person in the room that in the middle of the messy middle does not at times experience anxiety. <laughs> and Rob described it beautifully with these black balloons floating over us. You can go to a party and have fun, but I'm gonna tell you something. There's a couple black balloons there. You may one day get married and I hope, you know, wonderful if God leads you to that, but there'll be a black balloon or two there. You may have a child one day. You can make a million dollars. You see, wherever you go, the balloons are there because we're in the messy middle. The Christian life is the messy middle and we're not home yet, but man, we're gonna get there. It's a sure thing. So how do we cut loose the balloons? Remember Rob said this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna move, I wanna move through this quickly, but you'll, you'll recall this as we taught it because it took some time. Well, you pray. Do not be anxious about anything, verse six, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses your understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Pray, but that's not enough. Verse eight, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Prayer, of course, but not just prayer. What's in your mind? What do you set your thoughts upon? Well, I keep praying this prayer and I don't experience the peace. What's in your mind? That's not all. Verse nine, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things. Pray, what do you put in your mind and are you doing what God invites you to do? Do you see that? There's a great trifecta of peace. I'm not saying you do all three, three of those things and the balloons float away and you don't have any other balloons over you. No, no, no. What I will say is Paul's reminding us that if we're, if we're walking in prayer dependent on the spirit and our mind is what is true and honorable and right, our mind's put on those things. And when God invites us to trust him, in other words, practice, the, we do what God calls us to. Listen, over time, you, you, you begin to experience the peace of God. You can get confused here because he says, if you'll do these things, the God of peace will be with you. First thing I do when I read that is I go, wait a minute. God's always with me. Anybody else think that? I hope you do. When you read, you go, wait, God's always with me. What can he mean? Well, he means this. 
He's talking about the experience of God's peace. Is it real to you? Because it won't be real to you apart from the application of the truth. It's what we talk about all the time. It's not enough to study this book, you all. It's not enough to know your Bible. It is living the truths of scripture by the power of the Holy Spirit over time. And you know what you do? You experience the nearness of Jesus. Yes, he's always in you, but is it real? That's what he's talking about here. With that, take your card. How would you answer this question? Jesus, your peace is guarding my heart in the midst of. Jesus, your peace is guarding my heart in the midst of. How would you fill that out? Okay, with, with that, I, hope, oh, I just want you to have the card in your hand and you can keep working on it. You may go back to another one, but, but it's time. It's time for you to speak, not me. Whether it's one of you or 12 of you or two of three of you, it, it, I, I trust the spirit is prompting some in the room, not all, but some. In the same way I prayed and prepared for the message, I think the spirit is at work to prompt some of you to share I have a deep confidence in that because of the last three verses of the whole book. If you wanna turn there real quick, look at verse 21 to 23. Here's how the whole letter ends. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Greet, greet, greet. Hey, check in with each other. I want you to know I care. He's just talking about the community of the body that though, though separated by 800 miles, geography, culture, race, greet you. We greet one another. It's not just a hello. It is a vibrancy of life that, that, that is a conduit for joy and hope because we belong to one another. And that's all we're doing when we, when we stand up here and you, and you read a statement, that's all we're doing. It's just, this is what God's doing in me. And I trust me, trust me when I say this, that there will be something someone says that is just what you needed to be reminded of. And the biggest thing we all need to be reminded of is this, in life's messy middle, you're never alone. And there's everyone looking at me right now. I, er, most everyone looking at me right now thinks I'm the only one that wrestles with this. Well, everybody else here sure sings great and they sure seem happy and everything's got, I'm the only, no, you're not. No, you're not. But I don't blame you for thinking you are because we don't tell each other enough. Now, I'm gonna invite anyone who would like to to, to, to come up to the mics and we're gonna line up on the mics. Um, man, it takes a lot of courage to get out of your chair and come up to that microphone. I get it, I do. And so I, I just say, if, you, if, you, if you're wondering if you should, perhaps that's the spirit, you know, prompting you. So I, 
I wanna invite anyone who would like to, to go ahead and come on up, stand at the mic, because I'd like you to get in a little bit of a line so we could read these. And then when you stand up here, um, I've got a screen up here, and here's how I want you to do this. And um, I'm gonna turn my mic off for a minute. You good? I can't hear you. My name is Lloyd, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Jesus, your humility has shown me blank. That's all you do. Pick one. If you need to pick two, pick two. Does everybody make, am I making sense? That's all we're doing. Online, if you're online, you've got an email. You can send your email. Don't, don't start. I mean, come up here. Come up here in line, but then don't, don't start talking until a few of us get up here. Thank you, Will. Anybody, anybody else want to, you just, you know, you just like, yeah, I'm, I could read that. I could read that statement. Just make your way up. Come on. It's, it, it takes a lot of courage. I get it. Online, if you've got a, uh, if you want to email it to Joe while we're talking, um, listen, I'll read yours. I want you to know this is not an, it's not a filler. You know, it's not like, well, let's just teach the Bible around here. People, that's what we do. And that's what this is. <laughs> we're, we're living, because it matters not just what the teacher says, it matters what God doing in us and how he's shaping us, informing us in Christ Jesus. So, uh, I am gonna start over here, Will, and you can go, and then we're just gonna go, go back. And then while they're reading or saying something, if you feel led, I wanna invite you. We, we, we need to hear from each other. We need to be reminded. Will, go ahead. Thank you. My name is Will Heidel, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you have been a portrait of perfection in my messy middle. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Will. Jesus, is that, do I keep going? No, you, you, you don't have to do all of them, but do one or if you need to do more, no. absolutely. Well, don't let me cut you off here. I'm sorry. Will. I'll do one yeah, more. You're off. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> First guy always gets the. Uh, you're you good. Know. Jesus, I count my insufficient efforts to control external circumstances as loss mm. for the sake of knowing you. That's good. Thank you, Will. My name is Josh Arnold, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Jesus, your humility has shown me my pride. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Josh. Uh, I don't want to answer those questions. Um, uh, I came up here because the Lord is calling me up here. Um, I quit my vice president's job to, uh, because I knew God was calling me. And I've worked all over the world. And Satan came after me. Uh, it was a government agency. But I look back on that now as Satan coming after me. And they stripped me of all of my possessions. and But I got closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I've got closer to Christ. And I've got closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I don't value anything that I own 
my, my car, not my clothes, not, I just want to follow Christ for the rest of my life and serve him. Thanks, Karen. Uh, Thank you, Karen. And I went to Lloyd's office one day in a deep, dark hole, and he pushed a chair up to my knees and walked to the back of his office, and he said, Jesus Christ is sitting in that chair. Talk to him right now. And she did. And Jesus spoke to her. My name is James Markey, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Uh, Jesus, your peace is guarding my heart uh, in the midst of suffering and death Mm. because the reality that Jesus is real, Mm -hmm. that's what gets us through that. Yes, thank you. My name is J.B. Driscoll, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you have been steadfast and reliable in my messy middle. Amen. Thanks, J.B. My name is Jack Harris, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Uh, Jesus, your humility has shown me God's desire to save me and his people. Amen. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie. Um... And I greet you in Christ Jesus. And Jesus, you're my peace, and you're guarding my heart in the midst of the deception and chaos. Indeed he is. Come up here, Melissa. My name is Melissa, and I greet you in the name of Christ Jesus. And I got to do three. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Jesus, your humility has shown me my humanity. Jesus, I count my reputation as a loss for the sake of knowing you. And Jesus, your peace is guarding my heart in the midst of parenting my transitioning child. Amen. Thank you, Melissa. Go ahead. Um, Hello. Yeah. My name is Ingrid, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Uh, Jesus, you have been faithful to me in my messy middle. Mm -hmm. You have been my rock, my fortress, my refuge, and my salvation. And some ladies around here probably know where that's coming from. We're studying Mm -hmm. Psalm 62. Um, And the second one, Jesus, your humility has shown me uh, to empty myself and reach out to others, remembering that others are in a messy middle as well. Mm -hmm. It's not about me. It's about allowing allowing the Spirit to transform my heart to be more... Christ-like in every situation. Mm-hmm. Remember, humility is stepping down. Thank you. Go ahead. My name is Maggie, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Jesus, your humility has shown me your loving kindness towards me. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. My name is Ginger, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. I just want to thank Karen for what she said. I, I think that's the kind of thing that when we hear somebody else say it, it's like, I'm so sorry to hear that happen to you, but... Isn't Those kinds it? of things happen to me too. Isn't it? And I feel less like I'm a really bad person. Um, yes. And I just want to say, Jesus, you've been constant and tenacious and fearless, and you've never left me or abandoned me in my messy middle. Thank you. Go ahead, Bob. I'm Bob Elrod, uh, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. 
Jesus, uh, you've been my comfort in my messy middle. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, uh, your humility has shown me the power of your spirit in me as I seek to love and serve my neighbor. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Go ahead. Last one. Or, then, my name on, is Julie. Oh. Sorry. You're good. I'm sorry, Julie. My name is Julie, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Jesus, your humility has shown me how much you love me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Blake. I was hoping you'd say last one before I You're got good. up. Um, my name is Blake, and I greet you in Christ Jesus. Jesus, you have been kindly and consistently pursuing me. Jesus, your peace is guarding my heart in the midst of grieving a deep father wound. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Blake. Go ahead, honey. My name is Kate Smith, and I greet you all in Christ Jesus. And Jesus, your humility has shown me that I don't have control and that I don't have to have control and that that's okay. Mm. Y'all, I, could, I, I personally could spend the morning hearing from you because you've said things that are true that are biblical, that are gospel. And those who shared and those who didn't, are are we not reminded that we aren't alone, that faith is at work and Christ is present among us? And it's why we come to this table every week. Take the elements for the Lord's table, if you would, please. If If you didn't get them from the back, you've got time to go grab them. You can go grab a cup and have the, the wafer in one hand and the, the juice in the other. We'll, res, res, we'll respond a little bit with, with song in a moment, and then I've got some other things I want to do as we're leaving Philippians. How good we come to this table week by week because when we come to this table, we come to Jesus. We remember his life, death, and his resurrection on our behalf. We proclaim it. And when we take the cup, we're actually proclaiming not just our remembrance, but he's coming again. That's what Paul says. So so we're reminded in the midst of the messy middle, he's gonna get me home and he's gonna come back and set all things right. And there will be peace, not partial, but full, complete wholeness as it's all meant to be because of one man, the God man, Jesus. It's all about him. Jesus, for your body broken, we remember and we give thanks, receive the bread. And Jesus, everything in Philippians pointed to you because the whole Bible points to you. And we hold the cup symbolic of your blood, your life poured out. When you emptied yourself, you died so that we would never have to in the sense we will never have to be separated from the Father ever because we're in you. For your bloodshed, we give thanks. Receive the cup. Let me invite you to stand. We're gonna sing. We, this is all scheduled out. So you know we're, we're singing at the end today. Then I'll come up and say some things before our benediction. Well, let me tell you why we're singing what we're singing. Because Jesus is at the center of it all. 
because Jesus is good. He's everything in that list in Philippians 4, what's true and honorable, right? That's Jesus. Because God's goodness is ours in Jesus. We don't have to go get it. He's so good. His goodness, we'll sing this, chases us down. Always in the messy middle. He's coming after me. Always with his goodness. Let this be our song.